What's good? Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. We're going to talk about psychological warfare today. If you've never heard about this, I must tell you, this is something that usually you start to explore when you are in circumstances that are far outside of your control and you feel helpless and powerless to change them. But we're going to talk about this because you know who likes to use this as one of his tactics? Just the enemy of your soul. No big deal. So I am going to do my best here to offer a different context that will spur you on into getting freedom because it is possible. If you've ever encountered this before, if you find yourself in it right now, I'm going to give you some things to be aware of so that you can identify it, so that you can glean wisdom from it and apply it in your life. I'm going to give you some context to help you see things differently in a way that hopefully will empower you to make powerful choices in your life and really set you up to be choosing and living in a very different reality than you might find yourself today. Okay, so we're going to do that. Before we do, I must let you know the news. Okay, this week on Wednesday evening, what is Wednesday? Wednesday ends up being the 7th. So 6, 7 at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We are doing a free masterclass on connecting your work to God's work. What I have found is that these things are connected, (laughs) right? We're designed to do all things as unto the Lord. That is not supposed to be a separate thing at all, right? And and work is actually holy. So we're going to break that down. A lot of times these are separate and we can't figure out how to bring our faith or God into work or let God drive our work. And we're going to break that down. So this is totally free. It is going to be held within our Courage Co. community, which is also free. Courage Co. is a community off social media that is designed to help you live your most courageous and impactful story. So over there, we invest in personal growth and spiritual growth and you being a healthy, whole human that gets to have and enjoy your life. Okay? So you can get plugged into Courage Co. by going to www.courageco.org. And once you get in there, you will see a master events option in the main menu. And you can click that and you'll see the masterclass, Connecting Your Work to God's Work, okay? So get plugged in there. The other thing that is super exciting is we are launching the God's Vibes Mastermind. The next round will officially start on July 10th, but applications are open now. And so I must tell you, we do give away a free scholarship. So just by applying, you have a chance to get this scholarship. The Mastermind is three months in length, but it is really designed to help you be an example of what's possible with God. So you will get to go through training for three months, but there's always more. There's so much goodness. You get all of that content. You get access to it for an entire year. So essentially, you can go through it four times to really deepen your command of the content. You also get weekly group coaching every single week for that entire year. Absolutely cray. But yes, so, so powerful, so helpful. And the bonuses, okay? There is 
There are two courses. One is called U2.0, and this is helping you really up-level your life and live into the change that you desire to make. There is another course called Launching Your Spirit-Led Business, because when you build it with God, it is way different. So you get two of those courses. You get over 35 different journal prompts to really help you deepen your relationship with God. You get the God's Vibes Matter devotional. You get the 52-card declaration deck. I will personally send it to you in love. (laughs) And you get the beauty of having this all in a private space. You also get the Courage Co. Masterclass Bundle, okay? So you get access to all of the replays on demand for all of the content that we do. So for example, this free challenge that we're doing on Wednesday, you will get access to the replay of that content and the notes. And if you ever have any questions in the future about it, it is a live space. You can ask your questions and get them answered whenever you are working through that content. So, so powerful. You get all of that when you enroll in the God's Vibes Mastermind. So right now, apply. (laughs) I encourage you, I implore you to apply to the God's Vibes Mastermind. Get plugged in there. We talk about your identity and really building a firm foundation because it's only really when you're a safe place to be that you can create what you are here to create. We talk about how you actually co-labor and partner with God to get his results in your life how you can really start cultivating and practicing your unique influence and expression of God that you are and how you can multiply your potential and your impact, okay? So this is a very powerful experience. It is a beautiful community that is formed and developed in there. And it's something that I do not want you to miss out on. So you can also apply by going to CourageCo, www.courageco.org. Okay, and I'm looking forward to connecting with you more in there. So if you love some of what's happening here, this is one of the best ways that we offer to really take your life, your business, your relationships, all that to the next level. Okay, so get plugged into those things, the free masterclass on Wednesday, and then also the God's Vibes Mastermind. Apply to that. We're going to be reaching out to the folks that have applied within the next couple weeks here, and you'll have an opportunity to embrace early enrollment at the end of the month and and get plugged in because the prep week content in and of itself (laughs) what i'm told is worth the entire price of the mastermind so get plugged in there go apply now www.courageco.org all right so let's talk psychological warfare because that's fun right (laughs) not really so what is it just to make this plain right In warfare, just in general, psychological warfare refers to tactics intended to reduce an opponent's morale and their will to fight. So psychological warfare is designed to break you from the inside so you have no power to show up and operate in your authority. Yeah, no big deal. Right? This can include tactics related to fear and intimidation, deception, and surprise. So, this is serious. This is not something that I ever want people to experience, but it's really important to know that it is very real and it's abusive, right? Like, a lot of times we think that physical abuse is the only type of abuse there is, but there's some that can be more deadly and detrimental, and it's psychological and emotional. 
okay? There's a real war going on the inside, but you just can't see the bruising and the wounding on the outside, right? Like you don't see bruises on your body, but you have so much going on mentally. There's psychological warfare happening in your mind, right? Your emotions are everywhere. Your heart is sick, right? You are being weakened from the inside out. That is no position that anyone should ever be in, but it definitely is the position that the enemy wants you in if you think about it, okay? So we're going to talk about this today because what I have found at the higher context that I want to offer today is that everything comes down to patterns, okay? Patterns. Patterns of thinking, patterns of processing, patterns that we practice, patterns that we're familiar or that we're comfortable with. That doesn't mean that they're good, but patterns that we're comfortable with, patterns of communicating, patterns of expressing ourselves. There's a pattern that a manipulator, an abuser, a controller uses, right? Patterns that they use. There's patterns that the victims practice. There's patterns that the enemy uses, namely to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. God has a pattern. The version of you form-shaped and anointed in God, that person, that version of you has a pattern. And it's a lot of times the pattern we are not practicing. And a pattern that we don't practice is a pattern that never gets stronger. Okay? So whatever we are practicing, we are strengthening. I just want you to think about this. So if you have a pattern of bullying yourself and having negative self-talk, you are making that stronger and stronger and stronger every single day. You are empowering yourself to be disempowered. And if you think about it, how does that bullying actually lead to the fruit that you want to have a harvest of? Okay, the sower sows seed. What seeds are you sowing? Because whatever you sow, you will reap a harvest of. Okay, the Bible tells us that it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth will speak. So that gives you insight about what is stored up in your heart. Whatever you are speaking out is what's stored there. So you might be storing up fear. You might be storing up bitterness. You might be storing up jealousy, comparison, judgment, unforgiveness, right? So many things can be stored up in there and you'll know by what you're talking about, right? Also, it says out of the heart flow all of the issues of life. Okay, so my personal experience of this is I have worked with therapists. I have really invested a lot, hundreds of thousands of dollars probably at this point, in my growth and development and training. And a lot of that is to do what I do today. Okay, now, and it's also (laughs) to heal and to overcome the level of what I was dealing with in my life. I received one of the best comments the other day, one of the the best encouragements, and it said, man, you talk with so much wisdom and depth from real experience, but I never hear about your struggle. And you can get to a level of freedom where that's true, where you don't have to tell the stories and rehearse them from places of pain, but you can actually get so free that you can just take the lessons and share the lessons with people, so much so that you don't look like what you came through right? You can be put in a fiery furnace, but you can come out not smelling like smoke, okay? You can do that with God. And that's one of the best compliments I will tell you that you could receive. It was so humbling to receive that comment, right? So the reality is, though, 
When we are practicing patterns, we are strengthening and empowering something in our lives. So I just want you to consider, what are you strengthening and empowering in your life? What are you strengthening mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, relationally, socially, financially? Really important to just assess that. Just get that in your spirit. Now, when it comes to making change and why it can be so hard for people is it's hard. (laughs) And it requires you taking a real honest assessment of where you are and where you are led to go and what it actually requires to get there. Because it requires a lot more than we think. It requires grieving who we thought we were. It requires letting go of things that don't serve us. It requires being accountable on a level you probably never thought possible and being humble and being vulnerable and being willing to embrace a lot of discomfort and a lot of things that are working against you, right? Like a lot of opinions of man, a lot of uh, feelings of unworthiness or, or insecurity, right? You gotta, you gotta make it through that. And that's, that's not easy. A lot of people don't choose that. They choose what's easy, right? But choosing what's easy doesn't transform your life. And you can live an easy your whole life if you want to, but that's not a powerful life, right? And where we get in trouble is we try to complain or make excuses about a life that we're choosing without taking responsibility and accountability for what we are actually creating. That gets us in trouble because every decision that we make does have a ripple of consequence, good or bad. And we've got to own that, own our choices, right? Your ability to choose is what makes you powerful, okay? So the analogy that I have for this, the visual that I have for this, and why change can be so hard and why many don't choose it is that you are essentially like picture a giant cruise ship, okay? You are trying to shift a ship, okay? That's not like being in a race car and just going zoom like around the racetrack. Like it's, it's not a quick turn like that. Like this is a slow turn and you are coming up against waves and, and currents and winds and other factors that against you, let alone if there's like a tropical storm or something. Like that's deep, okay? Picture tropical storm like trauma, Okay, or levels of dysfunction that have been like rooted there. Like, let's say, you know what I mean? Some of the underbelly of the ship gets caught up in some of the stuff that's in the water, right? It takes some time to like get untangled from all of that and turn this ship. The other thing, picture having no captain at the ship. That's what we do a lot of times. We just bail out. We don't take any responsibility. And a ship without a captain goes everywhere. And a lot of times it'll sink eventually. Okay, so just picture that as a visual. (laughs) But... If you keep tracking with this change, okay, it's also really beautiful. If you actually do the work to start turning the ship, start recognizing your patterns, start becoming aware of things that don't serve you, right? Start growing and maturing in love. Start building emotional intelligence. Start renewing your mind. Start healing what's going on in your heart. When you start turning this ship, you eventually turn it around and have it positioned in the direction that you want it to go. It's now aligned and tracking with the goodness of God, with these promises that are out ahead of you. And you are sailing to that place and actually going with the flow. And it makes it way easier than trying to resist a current, right? 
that is possible. But again, sometimes we get caught up in just trying to make the turn initially. We go back to what's familiar. We get so uncomfortable and we start seeing what we're actually storing up in our heart that we don't want to deal with any of it. It's just way easier to deny what's going on in there or get really busy and not focus on it when the reality is both of those things only prolong pain. They never solve the issue. They just give you another circle around the mountain, right? So you can do that as long as you want to, but it never solves the problem. And especially when you want to really transform your life, God always takes you back to the place you were before you started running and dodging responsibility in your life, right? He always does that. Picture Jonah, right? He's telling Jonah, Jonah, you've got to go this direction. And Jonah's like, nah, I'm good. I actually want to go this direction. He's like, all right, cool. Like, I'll let you go do what you're going to do, right? This is my version of this. So Jonah goes and does what he wants to do, gets eaten by a whale, (laughs) and still has to come back to the original place God told him to start from and go on the journey that God was leading him on. He just made it longer and had to endure unnecessary suffering, okay? Read the story about Jonah. It is a good one. It'll give you a lot of insight. But we as humans operate like that. So I just want to offer two things. One, we are strengthening and empowering patterns in our life. So for you, just start becoming aware of things that you are empowering. What do you keep doing? Examples of this could be... I like to say how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if I'm procrastinating in one area of my life, I'm probably doing it in other areas. If I am not communicating things effectively in one area of my life, I'm probably doing that somewhere else. If I am ignoring my intuition in one area, I'm probably doing that in another area. If I am avoiding confrontation in one area, I'm probably doing it in many areas, okay? And I'm empowering things that I don't want. All right. So whatever that thing is that you're practicing, start catching the patterns. Just become aware of them and start catching them. Okay. Because they give you valuable information. So an example of this is, okay, I notice that every time I want to make a healthy choice for myself, I sabotage. Right. Like every time I know that I want to sit down and I want to study or I want to invest in my personal development, I choose to go out drinking or I choose to just you know, Netflix and eat a whole bag of chips. Like I do something that has zero return on investment and actually moves me farther away from what I want. Okay, new objective. (laughs) Every time I see that I am choosing a pattern that doesn't serve me, I'm going to start choosing patterns that do, right? Instead of procrastinating, I'm going to take action. Instead of like Netflix and chill, I'm going to do some personal development. And then if I still want to chill, I will do it. But I'll do it from a place of choosing it not running from things, right? Or if I notice that I don't confront things, I let them get out of control, I'm going to start learning how to communicate in healthy ways and how to start setting boundaries and start making changes that actually support me so I don't have to run from things in my life. I can boldly face them, right? So I'm either going to get really good and strengthen the pattern of running and hiding in my life, or I'm going to start creating a new one and get really good at showing up and being bold with my life. But I choose that every day. I choose to strengthen something every day. So just own that. Every day, I choose to strengthen and empower some something, right? And that isn't on anybody else. That is entirely on me, okay? I can't blame anybody for that. <laughs> I can't project that on anybody else. How I show up and what I strengthen and empower is entirely up to me. 
okay? Secondly, recognize that when we are bringing forth like real and lasting change in our life, when we're creating real change in our life, okay, this takes time, all right? The onion example is one that's used a lot. It's like we peel off one layer and we're like, woohoo, like I'm done. Whew, glad I got through that dark season, right? And then it's like, mm, actually, <laughs> you just scratched the surface, okay? Like, this is layers, and it takes a lifetime to walk out what you're here to walk out, okay? So you don't just do one layer and you're done. Like, this is a life thing. But with each layer that you're peeling back, if you're using this onion example, you are exposing more levels of freedom, more levels of wholeness, more levels of peace, more levels of joy, more levels of confidence, more levels of wholeness, right? Potentially, if you really do the work that each onion peel <laughs> offers you, right? Or when you're picturing this example of turning a ship, right? When you actually are healing your heart, right? Looking at all of the things that you've stored up in there, all the things that you've learned that are creating these results in your life, right? When you actually do that work, it can feel really slow and it can feel really hard, but it's like when that ship turns, remember that when it's sailing in the right direction, it's a beautiful place and you get to enjoy the journey. And that is possible for you when you do this work, okay? So if you can endure some of those hard parts, right? Especially in the beginning, right? And in this like messy middle and start turning it, yes, it's not that you're not gonna still face challenges, but you're equipped now. Now you have tools, now you're healed. So you start showing up differently. Right now, when something in the form of that trigger or abuse shows up, you know how to handle it. You know how to recognize it. You know what to do with it. You're not overcome by it. You're not rendered powerless because of it, right? Like you flow different when you're healed, when you actually become whole, okay? And a lot of times this starts with your heart, right? That's what we're told. So yes, if you start doing work to understanding, to understand your mental health, let alone your emotions and learning how to not repress them or run from them, but actually sit and feel them and process them and allow them to offer you valuable information, right? That's great. But if you do that without actual heart healing, you still are almost giving yourself a Band-Aid, okay? Because a healed heart is what produces different outcomes on the outside. And sometimes we focus only on mind and emotions, not your actual heart, and the heart is sick. We need God to help heal our hearts. Our creator knows our heart intimately. And it's in relationship with him that we can really heal our heart. Okay? So just wanted to offer that to you as ways that you can start considering what patterns are you empowering in your life? And when you think about, oh man, like why is it so hard? When it's so hard, picture that analogy of a giant ship turning. That is not a fast turn and you don't want it to be. You want to be really healed so you don't fall back. The next time a storm comes, and they will, you don't want to fall back on bad patterns. You want to have a firm foundation, right? You don't want to build your house on sand that anytime, you know, a storm comes, it falls, it crumbles. You want to be on a rock so it'll stand. Like you can withstand a storm now, right? You've developed your capacity so that you can do that. But to not expect a storm is not wise. It's how do you prepare for it so that you're ready for it. An example that I shared with this is we're always building community because it's really hard to do when you're in a storm, right? When we're in a storm, what we usually do is we try to isolate. We don't speak up. We don't ask for help. 
You need community in your life that know that you disappeared and can call you and be like, hey, what's up? What's happening? You're quiet. You good? Right? It's really hard to have that if you haven't been building that. So that's an example. We're constantly building what it is that we need and preparing for life so that we can show up and be strong in our lives, knowing that life is not easy, that it is hard, and that storms, tests, trials, those things do come, but we can be strong in them and overcome them and find even more strength than we knew that we had on the inside of us, okay? So how does that relate to this message? Well, I want to offer some perspective today, okay? A lot of time, we give what is called misplaced loyalty to things, okay? And if you've never heard this as a phrase, this could be liberating, but misplaced loyalty or often what is defined as mistaken loyalty is misguided loyalty or misplaced trust, okay? And it's loyalty that is placed in another person or in another organization, a company, you know what I mean, a authority figure sometimes. We put that loyalty there and that loyalty is not acknowledged, it's not respected, it's betrayed, or it's taken advantage of, okay? So we do this though, I just want you to see this, we do this where we will put loyalty and become loyal to things that we were never designed to be loyal to, okay? So we become loyal to abuse, we become loyal to addiction, we become loyal to false teaching and false practices, we become loyal to patterns that don't serve us, right? These patterns betray us. That's what self-sabotage is. It's betraying yourself, right? We become loyal to patterns that destroy us. We become loyal to disrespect and dishonor because it's familiar. Again, doesn't make it okay, but we become loyal to it because it's what we know, right? We become loyal to being taken advantage of. You know, an example of this is I've seen this in ministry, for example, where there's just this expectation that if somebody is a minister, that their giftings, that their talents, that their time, that their wisdom, usually hard-earned wisdom, (laughs) right, that their life experience, that their expertise is free. Yep. All of it. Like, it's just free. Like, you just get to pull on that all the time. Just pull on that anointing, pull on that wisdom, pull on that encouragement, and give nothing. Don't give them respect. Don't give them honor. Just totally take advantage of it and just suck it out of them like a leech for your own good. Right? That is an interesting thing that I see happen, right? Where ministers are not paid for their value. They are not acknowledged for that and they're taken advantage of instead, right? When you wouldn't see that anywhere else, you wouldn't even expect or try it with a therapist, right? You wouldn't try it with a coach. You know, some some folks, right, when they have friends or people that are close to them or when they find out that someone is a coach, some, some fall for that in the beginning where they just keep giving away all of their value for free and are loyal to people that are not designed for them to be loyal to, right? So when you don't know what you carry or what you're worth, you don't have a standard for that and you let other people set it and you become loyal to them doing that. 
And that is really unhealthy. And it actually leads you into a place of being burdened and you're not able to be a blessing, which is the worst thing because that's actually what a lot of ministers desire to do. Okay, so something to think about there. Now, what I will tell you is I've actually had an experience where I have come into contact with an abuser in my life, right? But that encounter exposed a couple of things. And I just want to share these because I want to share them as things that allow you to have hope for the future, okay? So when I encountered somebody that positioned themselves as an enemy in my life, that I have shared this story where I was in a relationship with somebody that had narcissistic personality disorder. I had no idea what that was. This is actually what led me to the Lord. (laughs) I knew that I was in a battle I couldn't win. I knew that I was not equipped for this fight. I knew that something was not right, but I couldn't identify any of it. I didn't have a language for this. I didn't have a grid for this. I couldn't explain how it got into my life, how I was going to get it out, how I was going to strengthen myself in the process because I just felt myself being broken and it was getting out of control. And I felt alone. I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it. I didn't even know what I was facing, to be honest with you, until I was led to tools and empowerment and healing like I never knew was possible, okay? So now encountering this person later, right? Just, it can happen, right? If you live in the same city as as somebody that you had been in connection to and they're still in that city, there's a chance that you could encounter them. So the point would be to get so strong that even if that were to happen outside of your control, it wouldn't hurt you or affect you, okay? So I had an encounter, I had such encounter where there's been years of healing and and deliverance and so many beautiful things, right? So here's what I will say, that encountering somebody who is still an abuser, for the record, here's what it taught me. One, so grateful, so grateful for deliverance and heart healing. So incredibly grateful. Didn't have any fear in my body, didn't have like a crazy racing heart, didn't have any intimidation, nothing nothing, right? Love, 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 love waking up to the simple things in life. I love that I sleep soundly at night and that I have peace and that I live in a place of peace, that I have peace in my being, that I am actually a safe place to be. Like fought hard for that and it is an experience like no other when you've got peace in you like that, okay? So underrated, but it's everything, right? everything. When your mind is not racing, when your emotions are not all over the place, when your heart is not heavy, when you're not sucked up into chaos and drama and you have energy freed up for other things, different life. Okay. To that point, it's amazing what you can do with your energy when it's not in overdrive and when it's not trying to sift through drama. Somebody had also asked me about how you're so energetic, how you have so much energy. And my response is, one, when you live your message, that happens. Two, when you are fueled by God, you have a lot of energy. You're designed to. And three, when you have spent your energy trying to survive and trying to sift through so many scenarios to figure out how to live, and when you're trying to manage drama and chaos as as a living, you really get used to 
having your energy firing at full cylinders all the time. And when you finally get healing, freedom, deliverance, right? When that finally starts happening to you, you've got the same energy capacity. You just get to use it in different ways, which gives you more energy. Wild, okay? So it's amazing what you can do with all of your energy when it's not on overdrive and trying to manage chaos. Amazing, okay? Maturing in love and building healthy partnership is worth the effort. It is worth the discomfort. It is worth learning. It is worth the hard work, right? When you can go from only knowing unhealthy connection to having really healthy connection, it is worth all that it costs to get to that place. No matter how long it takes, it is worth it, okay? God's protection and purposes are so much better than we can think or imagine, right? A lot of times, if it was left up to us, we would totally choose things that do not serve us and that are actually sent to destroy us, right? If God wants to change your life, I like to say he sends a person. (laughs) If the enemy wants to change your life, he sends a person and he always sends counterfeit and something that is sent to destroy you. So just picture a person that has enemy influence in their life. They've just given access to the enemy. The enemy will absolutely use that person to destroy you, for sure, okay? You have to know who you are. You have to, right? Especially when you're dealing with abuse, that's usually what this person is banking on, you not knowing. Okay, and I'll get into that in a second. But you have to know who you are. And you really have to recognize how dirty the enemy tries to play in your life. Don't give him more airtime or energy than he needs, but be aware that he doesn't play fair. Okay, and he's definitely trying to hold you back. And at some point, that can freak you out or that can inspire this righteous anger in you. right? To not let him have access. Okay. You can really be proud of what you've built with someone, right? And really be proud of what you've overcome and the safety that you've created for one another. You can get to a place where you do that in relationship. It is so good to be at home and at peace with yourself and to be a God pleaser and not a man pleaser. The level of freedom that you get when you're not trying to please somebody else and make sure that they're good all the time, but you're just obeying God, different. Right? Somebody could be mad at you and that's okay. They're processing something. But did you do what God said? Right? Different existence, but super powerful when you can be a God pleaser and not a man pleaser. And it is imperative that we know God that we know his patterns and his nature, his spirit, how the spirit moves, that we know his voice, and that we're aware of our patterns and patterns that other people are operating in. When you grow in that level of awareness, right, the things that were sent to destroy you can't, right? When you know what your patterns are, you own them. And so if anybody were to expose them, you're already a step ahead. They can't threaten you if you own what's going on, right? And if you're not hiding anything, people really can't threaten you. It's when we're in hiding, right, that we feel insecure and we feel like we're going to get exposed. But if you expose things first, 
People can't touch you, right? So, so, so important. And then the message that I have from this, from the word, is Isaiah, Isaiah 52, whether it's from the Passion Translation or the message, they're both good, but it talks about deliverance and it talks about specifically how God is leading you out. God is leading you out of dark, abusive, dysfunctional places so that you can be deployed into purposeful, impactful places that he planned in advance that you might operate in, okay? So really, really important. It's, it's, those are two really great references, okay? But it really talks about how God is teaching you to get out of there, to leave that place, to not look back, to not contaminate yourself with plunder, but to leave, just leave clean, plur- purify yourself in the process of worship, caring, holy vessels of God. You are a holy vessel of God. Anything that doesn't match that is not a fit for you. It is ill-fitting for you, right? But you don't have to be in a hurry. You're not running from anybody. God is leading you out of here, and the God of Israel is also your rear guard. So, so good. I mean, there's so many good nuggets in there, but essentially the message, God is leading you out, and he will lead you out if you choose to seek him as your source of help. So all that to say, what I learned, particularly through an abusive relationship, and I'm going to give you some things to be aware of here in a second, but I learned how to break the curses of people pleasing, how to break the curses of codependency, how to break denial, how to break fake love, how to break misplaced loyalty, and how to break shame. Literally break those things off my life, right? Like some of those, I mean, so many more, but those are just examples tangible ones that I can just name off cuff right here. But these are things that were operating. I'm actually connected to three different families in my crazy story, right? But those are things that are operating in those families, let alone addiction, right? Lack of faith, so many things, right? But I I was breaking these things off. They were exposed in what the enemy sent for evil. God worked it for good and strengthened me to use my authority to break those things off my life, okay? And this is now what I also help people to break, by the way, right? But I didn't even know any of these things were operating. Interesting, right? That's how the enemy wants you to. He wants you to be in a place where you don't know what's up, okay? So I wanna expose some things. I wanna give you this context, right? Again, psychological warfare is to break you from the inside out so that you have no will to fight, okay? So really think about that. The God uses people and the enemy uses people. And when you can see and test the spirit behind a thing, right, and grow in wisdom and discernment, you can discern what is happening and start gaining skill and recognizing it and knowing what to do when you encounter it, okay? It would be silly to say that you can just stop manipulators from manipulating or stop abusers from abusing. Like, we're, we're, we're not able to do that, okay? But what's important is you can recognize what's happening so that you know what to do in those situations, okay? And when it comes to psychological warfare, I just want you to think that that's what the enemy of your soul is after, okay? He wants to break your heart. He wants your mind caught up in cursing, right? And he wants your emotions so overwhelmed that you're not able to think clearly, to move clearly, to live powerfully, okay? So he wants you at war in your mind because a double-minded man or woman is unstable in all of their ways, right? 
He wants you fighting emotionally just to sift through all of that. And what that does is it zaps your energy, right? Your emotions are quite literally energy that you're putting in motion. And when those aren't managed, when they're all over the place, you're stressed. It taxes your body. It zaps your energy. So he wants your mind racing. He wants your emotions all over the place. And he wants your heart broken, full of all of these things that will create major issues in your life. He wants it full of brokenness. He wants it full of trauma. He wants it full of unforgiveness. He wants it full of bitterness. He wants it full of resentment. He wants it full of jealousy and insecurity. He wants it full of hate. He wants it full of anger, right? Because that heart does not produce the fruit of the spirit. That heart is not moving by the fruit of the spirit. That heart is gonna walk according to the flesh and create the fruit of that. More pain, more dysfunction, more trauma, more heartbreak, more insecurity, more jealousy, more hate, more comparison, more chaos, more dysfunction, and project all of that pain onto everyone in their world. Yikes. But obviously, that is what the enemy is after. He wants to make you broke, busted, and disgusted. He's after that. He wants to kill and steal and destroy everything that God has going for you in your life. And if he can get you in the wrong relationship, if he can get you meditating on the wrong things, if he can get you feeling some kind of way, he's got a foothold and he can start doing his work. And he often is subtle. He moves like a manipulator. Right? I like to say he was the original narcissist. So when you learn how to deal with him, you actually learn his pattern, right? And that really inspires you to learn God's pattern and how to align yourself with that and live empowered by the spirit so that you will not fall for the works of the flesh, okay? Really, really important. So I just wanna expose some tactics, okay? So that you can be onto them and just aware of them and hopefully inspire you in your relationship with God to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. There's some battles that we just can't win without God. That's just, that. that's truth, okay? And when you get desperate enough, you realize that. But it doesn't have to take that. You can live a life with God and have and enjoy your life in abundance to the full. I came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. That is a promise. But a lot of times we live our life under the curse, not the promise. Okay? So common conversation tactics that are full of manipulation. Let's call it number one, a topic switcheroo. A topic switcheroo, okay? Like here is how this works. You're in the middle of a conversation and it's going well until you disagree or present facts or truth that contradict, you know, a controller, a manipulator, abuser's point of view. Okay. This person knows that your facts and what you present are indisputable, right? And that you have the upper hand. So to gain control of the conversation and win the argument, this person will deviate into a tangent of verbal vomit attempting to hoodwink you and pull the old topic switcheroo. So before you know it, you're discussing something totally unrelated to the original conversation and you find yourself in defensive mode about some issue that is of a topic of disagreement from something entirely different, right? Just switch the topic so now it's back on you and you're the problem. 
And what happened there is responsibility was deflected, blame was shifted, right? Your reality was shifted so much and just a topic switcheroo. But manipulators, abusers, controllers are great at this. Number two, the blame game. Just be aware of this, okay? When you know who you are, and, and what spirit you're operating in, right? And your intention or your heart behind something, right? Somebody shouldn't be able to change that. But with the blame game, a lot of times they're given the ability to do that. We give them the power to do that, okay? And blame shifting usually happens too with this topic switcheroo, okay? So, you know, an unhealthy person like magician successfully changes the topic and diverts your attention by pointing the finger at you. And you suddenly find yourself on the defensive end of the conversation stick, okay? So this person will raise questions about any and all of your real or perceived faults and pummel you. And then you, in turn, instinctively defend yourself. And this person, like Houdini in a lot of ways, makes the original topic of their bad behavior disappear and escapes having to take any accountability for their actions. Meanwhile... You're tricked into taking on the defensive position and accused and blamed for creating problems and drama. Yes, the blame game. Be on the lookout for that. Number three, projection. Okay, so for a, manip a manipulator, hypocrisy is their middle name. That's just what they do. What they say and do when no one is watching is drastically different from what they say and do in the presence of others. And they're so good, you know, there's code switching that's out there. They're so good at narrative shifting. And they will just present whatever narrative serves them and twist and shift it as often as they need to to get it to serve them. So they've got to look great, high, mighty, strong, the one that's always right all the time. And when anything does not match that, they shift it and they blame things on a victim in this case. They make the narrative look unfavorable for that other person so that it favors them instead, okay? So since they're all about maintaining their false persona, which is really this really insecure and hurting person, they use projection to rid the unwanted traits in their character. But since they are the emotional equivalent of a five-year-old, right? Just think about a five-year-old's emotional capacity. Okay, that's usually where an abuser is. They magically disown the parts of themselves that reflect negatively on their personas and accuse the victim, right? Or whoever this is, whoever's not the controlling person, of the exact things they're guilty of doing. Okay, did you or have you ever noticed that they will accuse the most generous person of being selfish or having a hidden agenda behind their generosity? Really interesting, right? The most honest person is accused of being a liar. The faithful partner is accused of cheating, right? Projections, this is so good, I hope you hear me. Projections are really confessions that reveal what the abuser, the manipulator is guilty of and believes about him or herself. Okay, so something that was really interesting. Uh, this person was trying to tell me that I destroyed their family, which I don't even know this person's family, <laughs> right? If there's any destruction happening in their family, I can't take credit for that, right? This person always tr also tried to tell me who I can and can't pray for. 
Interesting, right? <laughs> These are both things that, again, if you are not strong in your identity, you could take them personally, or you could think that you're doing something wrong in praying for somebody. Interesting, right? So really subtle. It's something that you're generous with, something that you were led maybe by God to do, and this person is making you feel wrong about that and like you're causing harm because of that. Now, what was really true, this person is they're destroying their family for, for many things, right? None of which had to do with me. And this person didn't like the idea that prayer <laughs> is creating real effects in their reality and exposing truth that is getting this person in a position of having to own up and face things that this person does not want to do at all, okay? So to try to regain control or spin the narrative, that was what was used. Interesting, right? Subtle, but really pay attention to this stuff. Number four, turning up the volume, okay? When an abuser or manipulator acts with a disproportionate amount of anger or rage, often insecurity too, they increase the volume and tempo of their voice, okay? And when they do this, they try to shock or bully you. So a lot of times they try to show dominance. It's kind of like animal, animalistic, right? They try to like show up as, as taller than you or as stronger than you. They try to look down at you and they try to speak louder in their tone to bully you or intimidate you, okay? And actions like this are an absolute declaration of psychological warfare, okay? The increased volume is a ploy to get you to back off and back down. And that sudden, shocking, often cruel and disproportionate attack is an offensive maneuver aimed to destabilize, confuse, and intimidate the receiver. Okay, and when the receiver is under this kind of attack and in a state of shock, right, defenses naturally become weakened and you have no will to fight. And the stress of being attacked and yelled at and talked down to or blamed or bullied, right, decreases your mental acuity and leaves you open to suggestion. So much so sometimes that you start believing the lies, which is wild, right? And as a result, this weakened state renders you less of an intellectual threat to this person's need for control and dominance, right? This person wants you to shut up, back off, back down, and let them do whatever they wanna do whenever they wanna do it, and they don't wanna be accountable to anybody or anything, okay? Number five, playing the victim. <laughs> there, There's no truth, like there's so much truth in a quote like this. Deceit's favorite role is playing the victim. Hear that again. Deceit's favorite role is playing the victim. It is no wonder why a manipulator isn't playing the role of the hero. He or she is playing the role of a poor victim. Okay, so through garnering pity, this person will play the victim while vilifying the real victim as a way of concealing their abusive behavior and avoid taking responsibility for their cruel and deceitful actions. And they capitalize on the compassion of others and exploit their sympathy in any way they can. Sounds like the enemy, right? Depending upon what their goal is at the time. So if they don't want to keep a promise and, you know, the receiver becomes upset, 
the feelings won't be validated. There won't be an apology or display of empathy. Instead, this person will get angry at the receiver for being upset and blame them for lack of empathy and not considering that they may be having a bad week, stress at work, or whatever. So the receiver will be labeled selfish or accused of being needy or demanding for expecting this person to honor his or her word and be accountable to how they're showing up, right? However, on the flip side, if the receiver were to have a bad week, don't expect to receive the same treatment, right? The abuser will expect you to keep your promise and will minimize and invalidate your feelings by portraying themselves as the victim. The abuser will always one-up you by reciting a litany of reasons why their week was so much worse than yours or lecture you on how your life is so much easier than theirs and so on. So whatever you can do, they can do better. Whatever bad thing happened to you, something worse happened to them. Okay, so you are only there to give, give, give whatever they need to not be a problem and don't expect anything in return. Number six, gaslighting. Okay, this is a form of psychological abuse. It's insidious and many, many scholarly articles have been written about this, okay? Abusers, manipulators, controllers use this tactic in conversations by purposely altering or by purposely altering or not sharing information and replacing it with false information, okay? And what this tactic of gaslighting is designed to do is systemically and systematically dismantle the receiver's ability to trust their own judgment and undermine their confidence to the point where they begin to doubt their own memories and judgments and render them highly suggestible to whatever the abuser wants to do. So a lot of times an abuser would be like, yeah, like, you know, even if let's say they're an ex, even if we didn't work out, I didn't, you know, you can't say that I'm a bad person or that I did anything intentionally to hurt you when really that's exactly what's true. You're a horrible person and you did everything to hurt that person. (laughs) Unthinkable things to hurt that person. But do you see how subtle it is? And then you're like, oh yeah, maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe you are a really good human. Maybe I I was wrong in saying that, right? They're trying to make you question your judgment and what you know to be true. When you've lived it, you already know it's true, right? Number seven, interrupting. This is a good one, right? Manipulators are notorious conversation interrupters, okay? They love to be the center of attention and control the focus of the conversation. They have no interest in having a two-way discussion with you. If you dare attempt to get a word in edgewise or make your point of view heard, if it at all contradicts their point of view, your opinion will most likely be ignored or dismissed, okay? And while many people with ADHD, for example, or other mental disorders struggle with problems of poor impulsivity or poor communication and often interrupt others, a controller, abuser, a narcissist especially, intentionally interrupts to redirect the focus of the conversation back to themselves since they believe their opinions are superior and correct and that whatever they say should be accepted as the gospel truth. Okay? They genuinely have zero interest in hearing other people's viewpoints or reaching compromises or win-win solutions to disagreements. There's no such thing. 
They have a my way or the highway frame of mind and interrupting allows them to control the conversation and manage it in a direction that parallels their point of view and agenda. So by monopolizing the conversation, they exert control and avoid taking responsibility or addressing important issues in their minds, right? And their ability to dominate the conversation for them confirms their superiority, okay? And number eight, the silent treatment. The silent treatment is probably one of the most common forms of emotional abuse used by abusers, right? When all of the above tactics that I've listed here have been tried and failed, this is usually when this is implemented, okay? The silent treatment is a form of punishment for not acquiescing to their point of view or as the way to gain the upper hand again and control in the relationship dynamic. It's also a way to avoid discussing important issues in a relationship and avoid taking accountability for wrongdoing, okay? And when an abuser uses this treatment, they will do it in a way that is so out of proportion to the situation. They'll also tend to demand a perfectly delivered apology. And if the apology is not accepted or said correctly rather, or in the right way, this person will extend the length of the silent treatment. So by demanding a perfectly delivered apology, they confirm their dominance and support their exaggerated importance, right? So the silent treatment is intended to make this receiver, right, feel completely unloved, invalidated, and insignificant. And imagine if that is reinforced over and over and over again, how that affects a person and the patterns, right, that that's creating in that person. And the use of the silent treatment is usually about, common thing here, control. Sometimes an abuser will use this treatment just to assess the amount of control they have over people. So often it'll be used as a tactic to create distance and free up space to engage in infidelity or pursue new admirers if it's a narcissist, right? And victims are often left destroyed as the silent treatment kills any possibility of reconciliation, okay? So with gaslighting that I mentioned earlier, some signs are you no longer feel like the person you used to be. You feel like everything you do is wrong. You always think it's your fault when things go wrong. You feel more anxious and less confident than you used to be. You often wonder if you're being too sensitive. You often question whether your response to this person is appropriate. You apologize often. You have a sense that something's wrong but aren't able to identify what it is. You make excuses for this person's behavior. You tolerate emotional and verbal abuse, right? You take on what they project. You feel isolated from loved ones or from friends that you had in common. You feel constantly criticized and insulted. You feel like you're censored. You have fear. It's like the walking on eggshells. You're really fearful about any reactions that are possible. You have strategic people-pleasing behaviors and you learn to really pattern yourself in ways to self-protect. There is a lack of empathy that you're constantly living in. You ignore a lot of bad behavior. It doesn't really make sense. You just start tolerating things that aren't okay and you might say things like oh they're just stressed or you know they're just having a bad week or those things that that person might tell you you live in this hopeless romantic state of just 
believing that there's good in this person and that they'll change, you feel like you're constantly being manipulated and that you can't get out of this, okay? So these are just ways that abuse can show up. But what I want to offer today is the ability to be able to recognize this, but know that isn't this how the enemy of your soul wants to show up? They want to bring on, the enemy wants to bring on psychological warfare. He wants you emotionally exhausted. He wants you storing up all these issues in your heart. He doesn't want you creating the powerful things that you're here to create. He doesn't want you to have healthy, life-giving relationships. He doesn't want you to be free, right, and have peace in your life because you can make sound decisions from a place of peace. He doesn't want you to be aware of his tactics at all. He just wants to control, manipulate, and destroy you. Right? That's what an abuser does. No matter the form they come in, it could be narcissist, it could be in a manipulator, a controller. Abuse comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that is the enemy's agenda. So when you are familiar with the enemy's patterns, you won't fall for them. But that's only true when you start practicing a new pattern. So what I want to offer here is a very strong case for why relationship with God is important. For the reality that when you are patterned after things of the spirit, you won't walk according to the flesh, right? So that's actually coming from Galatians. I don't know if you're familiar with that passage, but I will give you a reference for it because it's super powerful. Okay, so it's actually, let me pull it up here. It's Galatians 5.16. I call this a power verse. It says, But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek Him and be responsive to His guidance, and then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. Galatians 5.16. Okay, so as we start building a relationship with God, as we start relating with him, as we start studying his word, right? Because that's how God speaks to us, right? A lot of times we don't think we're hearing from God. It's because we're not in the word. But God speaks to us through his word, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We start developing relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? That intuition, that prompting, it's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has your back, okay? God goes before you and he's your rear guard, right? When you start learning who God is, what his nature is, what his word says, what you do also is you start learning you and you start practicing because you start exposing yourself to a new pattern. You're renewing your mind. A new spirit's being renewed in you. A pure heart is being created in you. And you start walking according to those patterns, right? You start practicing these new patterns. And then when you see patterns that don't look like that, you're like, mm, nope, not going to take the bait. I'm not going to fall for it, right? Because I know the difference. Test the spirits to know what they're of. Okay, let me take you to that address just so that you know it as well. Um, this one actually comes from 1 John, okay? Test the spirits, says this, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God 
and overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay? So when you start reading the word, you start renewing your mind, right? God starts renewing a right spirit in you. He's creating you in you a pure heart. You're able to process your emotions differently. You're able to move and pattern yourself differently, right? We are made in his image and likeness. We are meant to imitate the creator. When you start patterning yourself to imitate the creator, you start practicing what the creator does. You start producing the fruit of the spirit. Right? You start moving according to the spirit, not towards trauma, not towards abuse, not towards bullying, not towards insecurity, not towards fear. Right, You start moving in a very different way. That is possible for you. And I just want to hold up. It is powerful when you learn the pattern of abuse, but you don't stay there. Recognize what it is so that you can build power to pattern yourself differently and overcome. You have overcome by the spirit of God. That is how you overcome, by the spirit of God, right? Getting delivered from things that don't serve you, healing your heart, right? You can turn the ship. You can break curses that have been operating in you and in your family line and start releasing generational blessings. That can start with you. It takes one. It takes one that is brave, that is bold, that is courageous, that is willing to look this in the face and say, not today, not anymore. Enough is enough. I will do whatever I got to do to get strong, to learn, to grow, to evolve, to mature in love. So I don't fall for anything less than that. And I don't build my life on it. Right. I'm going to be a carrier of light, of love, of goodness, of mercy, of self-control, because that's how God moves right? And the greatest way that I can honor God is living the way he's designed me to and doing what he leads me to do when he leads me to do it and getting really good at that and patterning myself to do that, right? It's also a safe way to live, right? The safest place to be is in the will of God, walking in his purposes and plans for your life. But that doesn't come without practice and without training. And a lot of times we're just not taught to do this. We're not taught how to honor ourselves, how to respect ourselves, how to uphold healthy boundaries, how to confront things in love, right? How to handle abuse, how to get out of abuse, how to recognize manipulation and control, how to move in love and freedom. We're not taught these things, right? When you're a new believer, you are a new creation learning how to live as a new creation lives. What is this new creation lifestyle? It's a totally different lifestyle and it always moves countercultural to the world. Okay? So what I want to offer today, all things are patterns. What patterns are you strengthening? You know, for years of my life, I was strengthening people pleasing. I was strengthening codependency. I was strengthening shame and self-hate. I was strengthening insecurity. I was strengthening fear and anxiety. I was strengthening a lot of things that made me a weak person, a helpless person, a powerless person. And I had to own that, right? I'm doing that. Might have good reason for for where those patterns got created or how that happened, but I've got to make new choices. That is entirely up to me. And if I'm not equipped to do it, I've got to get equipped. I've got to train something different. So yeah, I will invest in that. 
I will prioritize that. I will do what it takes because what's on the other side of that is worth it to me personally. And the same can be true for you. And you can live in a level of freedom that you don't know is possible. You can love again from a very real place. You can love with God's love. That love is strong. It's not like what we learn a lot in the world and what movies show us or social media, other things show us as love. Real love is hard work, right? And you learn about it when you read the word. So I just want to offer this. Patterns are things that we choose. A lot of times we live with what's familiar, but it often is unhealthy and sometimes really dysfunctional, right? I learned through an example. I lived raised by somebody struggling with alcoholism. So I learned codependency and people pleasing very strongly from that at a very early age. Okay. I learned to ignore my intuition. I learned to prioritize other people. I learned to have no needs and no wants. Right? Didn't even know who I was. Had no identity. Right? When you're no longer useful, when you no longer can achieve and get good grades and get accolades and all those things, when your identity is in, in those things, who are you? It's a scary place to be, right? But I had learned those things and that made me a target. <laughs> easy prey for abuse and for manipulation and control and for broken people. And until I started healing and growing and evolving and maturing in real love, God's love, I couldn't even recognize that that was happening. Right? So really, really powerful. Patterns are things that we practice and that we strengthen and empower in our lives. What patterns are you strengthening and empowering in your life? And what patterns do you want to strengthen and empower in your life, right? We do that by practice too. Yes, it is hard work to transform your life, right? Let's say you get deliverance. You get delivered from an abusive relationship. That's true in my story. But how do you build a healthy one? That's the new journey. That doesn't happen overnight because you practice a lot of things that are unhealthy for years of your life. In order to practice healthy patterns, you got to practice them. You got to learn them. You got to feel those things out. It's experiential education. It's Holy Spirit boot camp. (laughs) You got to train in something new. This does not just happen just by desiring it. Okay? But it is possible. And the more you start producing the fruit of the Spirit, the more you start walking according to the Spirit, the more powerful you become, the more free you become, the more peaceful you become, the more joyful you become, the more whole you become, the more wise you become, the more experienced in that you become, the more you trust it, the more you believe in it, the more you see transformation and shifts happen all the time. Okay, so I just want to hold up that that's possible for you. Psychological warfare is real. But you can study something different and practice a very new pattern and become this new creation. You're not stuck in that. You don't have to live in that darkness. You can overcome and you can have a totally different reality and you can create a totally different future for yourself and those that you're connected to, that is possible. But it will require all of you. And you are the one for the job. You are the one for the job. One of the reasons you know is because you're hearing this message. Okay? So I hope this message blessed you. I know it's a hard one to hear sometimes, but a couple of great things that you can do. Get plugged into Courage Co. We are offering master classes, challenges, prayer calls all the time for free. And there's small groups in there where you can build community and get strengthened and get healing and get restored and renewed and revived and refreshed in there. So get into Courage Co. 
apply for the mastermind. That is great training, I must tell you. I also offer one-on-one coaching. So if that is something that you feel led to, you feel more comfortable working together one-on-one, you can email my team for that as well. It's info at julianapage.com if that is on your heart to do, if you feel like that would serve you. But the mastermind is what I highly recommend getting plugged into. You can get into that, find all of those things when you go to Courage Co. You'll see all of them there, www.courageco.org. All right, everybody, I hope this message blessed you. And until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else, 12 weeks of content that we will go through together, or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook, and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. 
you will become an example of what's possible with God.